Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. Word phrases can really enhance your life and devastate your life. In fact, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Just think about that for a moment. When you hear the words, goodbye... Sometimes those words can be devastating. You're losing a loved one if a marriage is breaking up. Sometimes that can be good. If you want them to go, I don't know. How about the words, you win? We all want to know that we're winners. We all like to hear that we're winners. So to hear the words, you win, brings some just resounding results in our life. How about these words? You're fired. If you've ever heard these words they have had somewhat of an impact or a devastation in your life. How about these two? Marry me. Some of you remember those days? Remember the day when they asked, will you marry me? How about these two words? (laughs) I'm pregnant. (laughs) That can be a delight and that can be a fright. (laughs) How about Good news. We all want to hear good news. And we always like to have been told, hey, I have good news for you. These are some of my two favorite words. Let's eat. <laughs> How about these two words? Bad news. I've got some bad news for you. How about the words, love me? Or love you? The last two I want to share with you are probably the most profound two words you'll ever hear in your life. And this morning, if you'll listen to them with all your heart, they will change your life. The two words are, I am. Two simple words. And when we learn to understand who we are, and when we understand who God is, life is going to change drastically and dramatically for us. So this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject... I am. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. Second book in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. We'll be in verses 7 through 15 today. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 says this, Then the Lord told him, and this was the Lord talking to Moses. Moses is out on the desert. He sees this bush burning, and yet it's not consumed. He starts talking to the Lord, and God then tells Moses, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians. 
and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel have reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Let's go back up to verse 7 real quick, where the Lord tells Moses, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress. Israel had been in bondage for over 400 years. In fact, 430 before they're delivered. That's hard to believe. 430 years of being in bondage and slavery. Some Israelites growing up had never known freedom because from the time they were born till the time that they passed away, the only thing that they knew was slavery. The only thing that they knew was oppression. The only thing that they knew was bondage. That was it. Some of you today are in that same category. All of your life, the only thing you've ever known is bondage. You have been enslaved to memories. You're enslaved to addictions. You're enslaved to those around you. And you know no different, just like the children of Israel. The only thing that they had known most of their life, and some of them all of their life, was slavery. Have you ever wondered why in the world would Israel have to be in slavery for 430 years? I mean, that's a long time. I mean, for a kid, 30 minutes is a long time. For us, 430 years just seems impossible. Why is it that God allowed His children to be in slavery for over 430 years? Well, I'm going to give you my opinion. I think two reasons why. Number one is, they just didn't believe God could deliver them. Here we are, 430 years in the making, and most of the people alive in that day had never known anything else but slavery. They didn't believe God could deliver them because they had been in bondage that long. Some of you today are addicted with some things. You're in bondage. And you don't think God will deliver you because you've been there too long. I've got good news for you today. He can deliver you if you will believe He can deliver you. One of the neat things about God is that if you don't believe God will, then God won't. You realize that? We're like that as humans. Let's be honest. Every now and then when somebody believes you won't do something, you go, okay, since you don't believe I won't do it, I just won't. Do it. God wants to help us. God wants to free us. But you have to believe that He can help you. You have to believe that He will help you. And if you don't, then He won't. I'm blessed to have three teenage children. And every now and then, one of them will decide to do something. And it's not right. And then I'll say, you know, Dad can help you if you like. And of course, they do what you and I do, bow up with pride. I don't need your help. And they continue to try to do something and fail over and over and over. Not sure if they just don't believe Dad can do it, or they just don't want Dad's help. But either way, they are spinning in that cycle over and over, not being successful because they won't ask for help. 
And then finally, when they're finally broken and defeated and ask for help, then dad steps in. They help. And like, you know, we could have done this a lot earlier and a lot sooner if you would have helped, ask for help. We're the same way. The Lord wants to help us today. He wants to deliver us from our problems today. But if we're so prideful and so hard-headed that we won't ask, then He won't help. We have to believe that God will bring a change in our life. And if you will believe that God will bring a change in your life and you will trust Him with all of your heart, He will bring that change to your life. I believe the second reason why Israel stayed in bondage for 430 years is because they actually liked their bondage. They actually liked their slavery. The reason why you and I sometimes are still in the mess that we're in, if we had to be honest, is because we like the mess that we're in. We pray and ask God to deliver us from, say, alcoholism or drug addiction or abuse. But the problem is, is that we still really like that. So we want to be delivered from the consequences. We just don't want God to deliver us from the problem. And you can't do that. You have to be willing to say, Lord, I've got a problem. And God, I need help. And Lord, today I am willing to walk away from this problem if you'll help me. But so often we say, Lord, man, my head's killing me. I'm hungover. Lord, I can't even see tomorrow. And God, could you just get me out of this mess today? God, I've been arrested enough. Lord, can you deliver? And what happens then God does the privilege and then you go right back to the same mess you were in. We want to be delivered from the consequence. We just do not want to be delivered from the characteristics that cause the consequence. And that's why Israel was in the mess that we're in. They're in. Some of you don't believe me, so let me read you a passage out of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 23.8 says this, For when she, meaning Israel, left Egypt, guess what? She did not leave her spirit of prostitution behind. In other words, God set Israel free from Egyptian bondage, but they carried the some 115 gods of Egypt out with them. In other words, God, get me out of the consequence, but God, don't let me have to turn from my characteristics and my lifestyle. And that doesn't work that way. If you're going to be free from your problem this morning, number one, you have to believe that God will set you free. Number two is you've got to be willing to admit that you have that problem and walk away from that problem. And that's hard for us to do because sometimes we like it. So Israel is in bondage because of lack of belief and because of their enjoyment of sin. We're in bondage because of lack of belief and enjoyment of sin. The second thing that we'll see is that also we need to learn to take responsibility and do what needs to be done. Look at verse 11. So God's talking to Moses and He says this, But Moses protested. That's an interesting word. Moses protested. To God, who am I to appear before you, Pharaoh, who before Pharaoh, who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God answered, I will be with you, and this will be your sign that I am the one who has sent you. Notice God sent Moses, don't worry, I'm going to help you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship the God on this very mountain. But then again, in verse 11, or verse 13, Moses protested again. Second time in this... Do you ever protest with the Lord? 
Have you ever been praying and you kind of protest because God tells you to do something like, no, 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 God, I can't do that. Moses is protesting to the Lord. And it's not that Moses cannot do it. It's that Moses doesn't want to do it. And church, there's a big difference between saying I can't and I won't. And too many times we are in the boat of I will not do that. You pretty much have the power. You pretty much have the ability. You have the the sense about you to walk away from your problem, to walk away from this very thing. But the truth be known to you, you just like it and you don't want to do it. Very, very seldom in life does God give us things that we cannot do. We just choose not to do them. And we need to learn quickly. When we're asked to do something, we have to be honest. Is it that I can't really do this? Or is that I don't want to do it? And you're going to find out that most of the time we just say, I don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. I'm lazy. I like what I'm, I'm where I'm at. I don't want to be stretched. I'm comfortable where it's at. I just really don't want to do it. We've got to learn to say, God, if you're leading me, I will do it. And I know that's difficult. We, we've got to learn to take responsibility and ownership. So, about six months ago, I, I go to my endocrinologist. I'm a diabetic, been one for 42 years, and my A1C level was up, my blood pressure was up, my cholesterol level was up, and my doctor was so nice, she just said, you know what's causing that, don't you? And I said, yes, I do. And to be honest with you, church, I knew what was, ta- what was causing it. See, some of you are coffee drinkers. You've got to get up and have your morning coffee. Well, I would get up and have my morning Mountain Dew. Not have one a day, I'd have three a day, plus sweet tea. I mean, I've been like this for, forever. Mountain Dew and sweet tea, not together. I mean, I would maybe have a tea, you know, I don't know how that would taste. But I would, I would go by the store, grab my Mountain Dew, and drink it on the way to the office. So I knew what was going on. But I've got to be honest, I like my Mountain Dew. I like my sweet tea. I, I mean, come on. I know there's going to be sweet tea in heaven. I mean, you know. <laughs> I like them. And she said, we, we really need to change. And I said, okay. So three months go by. And I appear to her again. Nothing had changed because I had done nothing. I, I like where I'm at. I like my Mountain Dews. I like my tea. Everything's good. And then she decided to give me a reality check. She said, Chuck, would you like to see your kids grow up and get married? I said, oh yeah, what parent wouldn't? She said, if you don't quit doing what you're doing, you won't. She said, so you may want to really start thinking about this. Well, I have to be honest with you, that was the sobering thought that I had. And then all of a sudden, I decided to take my mindset out of me. Okay, Lord, I realize this is a lot of fun and good for me, but it's affecting or going to affect my family. Now, what my family will tell you that diabetics are strange people. I'm just the exception to the rule. I'm not like that. (laughs) When our blood sugar drops, we get real irritable and real grouchy. In fact, at my house, if I get a little snippy, they say, go check your blood, Dad. I mean, I don't know, you know, I mean, my blood sugar affects my personality with my family. 
And so I realized that, okay, just because I think this is not affecting anybody, it is affecting people. It affects my coworkers because they have to be more in tune to see if I'm going to bottom out or I'm too high. It affects my family. They've got to continue to watch me to make sure I'm okay. And so my problem was really not my problem. It was everybody else's problem too. And so I got before the Lord and I was honest. I said, God, I really love my Mountain Dews. Lord, I really love my sweet tea, but I realize this is costing me my life and it's costing my family. And Lord, I realize it's probably costing the way that I, that I function at work and the way that I do things. And, and God, it's time I, I do something, isn't it? And of course, the Holy Spirit was gracious. And He said, yes, it's time. You need to do something. Well, Lord, if you help me, I will. I am 81 days on water only. Now, I can't tell you that Mountain Dew does not look good in the freezer section when I go to the store. But what I do know is that I've lost weight. Uh, everything in my system's going down because I realized I had a problem, and my problem was not only affecting me, it was affecting everybody else around me. I needed to take responsibility, and I have taken responsibility. And church, I'm happy. I'm I'm. I'm be honest with you, I'm really amazed. God can do miracles. For me to go 81 days without a Mountain Dew is incredible. Um, you try going 81 days without your coffee and see how you last. 81 days with water and I'm a happy guy. Hey, listen, 81 days is nothing. I want you to hear from a guy that's been 10 years free from drugs and alcohol. Jim, come here. I'm Jim McDonald, and um, I am a blessed child of God, like that song sang tonight. Um, I'm a believer in Christ, and um, I'm also a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. Um, Both my parents were alcoholics, and um, because of their faith in God and and the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, they both passed away with over 25 years of sobriety. Praise God. Amen. the only, the only brother I have, uh, the only other sibling, um, he's still in his addictions and his disease, and um, he's homeless somewhere around Tallahassee. It's sadly, I, I, I honestly can't tell you where he is. And I, and I truly believe the only difference between his story and my story is that I accepted Christ you know, into my life, and I was willing to do what it took to change. Um, Real quick, uh, I became an alcoholic at a young age. Um, when I was in eighth grade, my parents had to come get me from school because I was passed out um, drunk. Um, shortly after that, we moved to Puerto Rico in ninth grade where a bottle of rum was 99 cents, and if you had a dollar, you were old enough to buy it. Um, I became you know, an alcoholic as a teenager and... The next 20 to 25 years um, really is just a blur. Um, you know, I, I'm not proud of my life, but that's, that's what happened, and that's who I was. And, and um, it just got, it finally got so painful that, that I, I knew I had to change. 
my wife Patty and I, um, God willing, will celebrate uh, 30 years of marriage next year. Amen. Um, thank you. But eight years into it, um, she had to make the tough decision of asking me to leave because of my addictions. And, um, and she told me that I could come visit my two beautiful daughters anytime I wanted to as long as I could show up sober. And, of course, I was like, yeah, no problem. I got this. Well, I couldn't do it. I mean, it was very, very rare. Most days I would get up saying, today I'm going to stay sober and, 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 and drug-free till I go see my kids. And inevitably, I'd be making that phone call saying, hey, babe, I'm sorry. Tell the kids, you know, I'll try to get by there tomorrow. And, um, you know, it, it was a misery. It was, it was a painful part of my life that I wouldn't wish on anybody. Um, you know, excuse me. I had to surrender to God, um, and I and I ha- I went back to Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, where I'd failed many times because I wasn't willing to do what 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 was asked of me, and I was still trying to run the show myself. And um, there was a gentleman there, an old timer, who said to me, "Jim, why don't you try something different this time?" You know, um, you don't have to change much. You just have to change everything. <laughs> so that night I went home and, and, and uh, the hamster wheel got turning. You know, I was living in an apartment up in Tallahassee by myself. And um, I got up the next morning and I got down on my knees and I surrendered to the, the God who created the universe. Amen. The, you know, uh, to me today, I, I surrender to win. You know, um, I know that only... Through me surrendering to him, can I change? I, can't, I cannot do it on myself. And I, and I did this over and over again um, and, until this time. I, I had to go to a lot of meetings. I had to get a lot of help. Um, you know, I know there's people that can, can just pray and, and, and everything changes in life. But I'm not one of those people. I had to, you know, I had to do the work. Um, and, and I still go to a lot of meetings today. I, I, I don't... Um, fear that I'm going to drink today, but I, I can never give back what, what the program has given to me, and, and, um, and I want to be there for the guy who, who comes after me. Um, he asked me like two days ago, so excuse me, I'm a little nervous. You're doing good. <laughs> but, um, you know, I had to become willing to believe that only through a dependence in God could, could I become independent from my, my drugs and alcohol, and for that matter, all the other hurts and habits and hang-ups that I have in my life. Um, you know, God saves us through our weaknesses. Um, God uses faith and obedience, and not always our, our, you know, our, our strength and our talents. Blessed are the meek who inherit the earth, you know, Matthew 5, 5. Um, and, and in recovery, I had to look at why I was trying to use alcohol and drugs to fill a void in my life where I'd push God out. Um, I had to look at my faults and confess them to, to God and to somebody else. I had to realize that if I was disturbed, irritable, and full of fear, there was something I wasn't trusting God with. Um, you know, and today I am, I, am, I am not a slave to fear. And I'm just, Amen. That was such a great song. Um, you know, and if I realize I'm trying to run the show again, which, you know, sometimes I still do, I can stop my day and pray at any time. And, and, and turn my will over to God. I, I, can, I can start all over again. 
Um, he can take away my fears, and only through him. You know, I've heard it said that, um, that God doesn't always call on the brave, but he makes brave those he calls on. Amen. Um, earlier, I, I mentioned changing everything, and one of the, the hardest things for me, and most important, was I had to change um, who I hung out with and where I hung out. You know, um, the old saying, you've probably heard it, if you hang around in a barbershop, sooner or later you're going to get a haircut. Um, today, I, 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 I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful that I, uh, I surround myself with, with men of faith. You know, Amen. men are in recovery, uh, men who, who um, will lift me up, encourage me, uh, walk in my daily life with God. And, 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 you know, iron does sharpen iron. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, and, you know, I had to become more than a, a Sunday morning Christian. I had to get involved with life groups, and I had to do, do service work here at the church and in, in, in my recovery, and, and, um, and, uh, and I still do that today. Um, it, it's so important to me, and I, I find so much joy in doing these things because um, I, I know that, I, you know, I only have a daily reprieve based on my spiritual condition. Um, I have to do it one day at a time. And um, today I love giving God the glory for these things. You know, that, that ego and that pride, boy, it just had to be smashed. It really did. Um, and, and, you know, so sometimes I have to work on that. You know, if you see me have a good game of golf, you know, I still, it's all about me. But, um, you know, and I, and I don't want to be like that guy, you know, um, in the parking lot saying, you know, God, help me find a, a parking spot. Come on, God, give me a break. Help me find a spot, parking spot. Oh, never mind. There's one right up front. You know. <laughs> Amen. Um, you know, he's a big, awesome God, and um, I have to give the glory to him. I, um, and I have to continue to do my part. Um, you know, like I said, I, I go to a lot of meetings still. Because um, I remember they told me when I came in, they said, you know, come to 90 meetings in 90 days. And if you don't like it, we will refund your misery. So far, I haven't had to get my misery back, but, um, you know, and I just have to remember that, that, um, that God will continue to, to work in me if I allow him, that I, if I get out of the way, if I stay humble, um, you know, I, I have to give him the glory. And um, with that, I'd just um, I'd like to close with, with the reading from, from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, 26. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were. When you were called, not many of you were wise by by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble worth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before Him. It is because of Him that you are in. Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let no one boast, boast in, excuse me, let one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. I know that I couldn't do it without God, and I continually, you know, um, live in that. Um, I am so thankful, you know, that, um, what he's done in my life and 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 i thank you for this church it's such a big awesome church thank you for letting let me speak today thank you
Amen. So you just need to know that it can be done. Through the Lord's help, through the Lord's grace and your responsibility, it will be done. So we see that we're in bondage. We see we must take the responsibility. But last, we need to know our place and the Lord's place. And in verse 14, this is what God replied to Moses. It said, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. When I was reading this passage a few months ago, I said, Lord, that's interesting. Why didn't you just simply say, I am your deliverer? Why, God, why did you just leave it out there, I am? Why wasn't there something added to that? Lord, we're, we're missing you know, the adjective, Lord, that, that will really create you. And the Lord said, because if I would have added a word to there, you would have limited me. I am limitless. I am the God of all creation. There is no limit for me. I am who I am. And we need to understand this morning, church, that God is our everything. John 8.58 says this, Jesus said to them, Most surely I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, before the beginning of time, God wanted us to know that He is. And if we will know who we are and we will know who God is and never get the two confused, life is going to be real good. Before the beginning of time, before the beginning of the world, God was. Revelation 1.11 says this, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and what you see, write in the book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to the church of Ephesus, to the church of Smyrna, to the church of Pergamos, to the church of Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. God says, I'm your beginning and I'm your end. I can start your life, I can end your life. I can get you out of any and every problem you'll ever have because I am. And when we really begin to understand who God is and what God can do in our life, He can set you free from any and every problem you will ever have because God is I am. Some of you this morning are hungering and thirsting. You have tried anything and everything to make you happy and you haven't found that yet. You've gone from job after job, person after person. You've lived place after place. You've done thing after thing. And you're just desiring for fulfillment today and you can't find it. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He will satisfy your every longing. He will satisfy your every desire if you'll let Him. Some of you this morning are living in darkness. You're living in depression. You're defeated. Your world is so dark right now, you don't know how to see tomorrow. Everything around you is just dim. It's dark. There's no hope in your life. There's even no desire to live. Jesus wants you to know this morning, I am the light of the world. Jesus wants to shine His light in your dark world. Jesus wants to give you light and hope in your life. But you have to be willing to let Him. You have to be willing to do some things in your life, make the necessary steps to allow Him to be the light of your life. Some of you this morning are just looking to fit in. You're looking to connect. 
you have been rejected by group after group after group. And I want you to know this morning that this group here will love you to your dying day. River of Life loves you. River of Life wants to walk with you. River of Life wants to help you. River of Life wants to grow with you. But you have to understand that you've got to allow us to do that very thing. Some of you have not been a member of a church ever. And you're missing out on the blessings. You just heard Jim McDonald say how much this church means to him because we love him, we encourage him, but he does the same to us. It's a two-way street. Jesus says, I am the door. Jesus wants to open the door for your life today to give you a group, to give you a family that will love you, that will be for, the, for you forever. Some of you today are living in a very insecure, unconfident life. Everything you want to try, you won't try because you're so insecure. Somebody's told you you failed. Somebody's told you you're sorry. Somebody has really spoken death over you. And what you need to understand this morning, that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And a shepherd loves his sheep. He takes care of his sheep. He protects his sheep. He will be there to speak life into you if you'll let him. Some of you this morning say, Brother Chuck, I have failed so many times in life. I don't even know how to get back up. I'm just a loser. I'm just a failure. I've got good news for you this morning. My Savior tells me, and He tells you, I am the resurrection and the life. That word resurrect means to raise up. God wants to get you off your back today and raise you up to give you life. God wants to get you out of your failure and give you success. God this morning wants to get you out of the mess you're in and give you life if you'll let Him. Some of you this morning keep going down that wrong road of life. In fact, it's a dead-end road. You've been down this road so many times, it's just a habit. It's just a repeat. You've been down so many times, you're broken. I mean, your heart is just completely devastated. Jesus wants you to know today, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, our Father will give you direction in life. He'll give you the road to take that will breathe you life, give you success, and make you a meaningful person if you'll let Him. Some of you feel like you're useless. Your life is meaningless. Because of all the little things you do don't amount to anything. Jesus wants you to know He's the vine. And the only way you're ever going to grow in life is through His love and through His grace. Through a loving church family that wants to help you and wants to hope you. Real quick, you could say, Brother Chuck, I am struggling with, and you just fill in the blank. I don't know what you're struggling with today. But here's what I do know. The great I am will be just that for you. If you're struggling with fear, if you're struggling with alcoholism, drug addiction, you're struggling with failures, if you're struggling in your marriage, all I can tell you is, through my personal experience and through the Word of God, the great I am will be just that. He'll be everything you'll ever need. He'll take care of you. He will bless you. He will provide for you. And He will do some miracles in your life if you'll let Him. Back in Tim Tebow's junior year at the University of Florida, they were playing the University of Tennessee. And of course, everybody was putting on their black eyes and some had their mom's name on it and some had some other things. And Tim said, I wonder what I should put on mine. He said, you know what? I think I'll put Philippians 4.13. After all, I can do all things through Christ. All the other games. And he said, before you knew it, the Gator bookstore and everybody started wearing Philippians 4.13. Well, it came to the SEC championship and as he was getting ready to walk out of the, the tunnel... He noticed thousands of people had this black uh, Philippians 4.13 under their eyes and the Holy Spirit began to tell him, Tim, I want you to change 
the verse. Well, Florida went on to win the, the SEC championship, and they had a six-week break between the SEC championship and the national championship. So he began to pray, Lord, what do you want me to change it to? And finally the Lord just said, change it to John 3.16. So two days before the SEC championship, he tells his coach, hey, I'm changing the verse. And Urban Meyer said, you can't do that. We got here on that. And Tim said, no, no, we didn't. We got here on, John, we got here on, on the grace of God. So he changed it to John 3.16. Well, the University of Florida went on to win the national championship against Oklahoma. And it was told that 94 million people Googled John 3.16 because he had it under his eyes. Something so little that God did so miraculous. But it gets better. Three years to the day, it's exactly January 8th, three years later, the Denver Broncos are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in uh, the first round of the playoffs. They go into overtime, and Tebow drops back and throws an 80-yard touchdown pass, um, and they win. He's excited they won. He's getting ready to go to the interview uh, with the, the announcers and stuff, and his promoter stops him. He said, Timmy, do you know what happened tonight? He said, yeah, we won. We're going to go play New England. He said, no, 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 no. He said, Tim, it is three years to the day that you wore John 3.16 for the first time. He said, Tim, do you realize you threw for 316 yards tonight? He said, Tim, do you realize your average was 31.6 yards tonight? He said, Tim, do you realize you ran for 3.16 yards tonight? He said, Tim, and do you also realize that the time of possession was 31.06 seconds? 31 minutes and 6 seconds. And Tim said, I'm humbled. I cannot believe how awesome God was moving in the background. He said, oh, Tim, not to mention 90 million people Google John 3.16 again. God is in the miracle-making business, church. He will use our little and make it a lot if we'll let Him. Something so small as putting a black eye underneath you, over 184 million people read John 3.16 probably for the first time in their life. It's incredible what God can do in your life if you'll let Him. But you have to realize where you're at and where He's at. So in closing this morning, I want you to see this. Number one, you have to know who you are. I am a sinner. That's who I am. And guys, that's not a bad thing. That's really a good thing. You need to know that you failed. We've all failed. We also need to know I'm in deep trouble because of my failure. I mean, I've, some of us are in deep trouble right now, and God wants to help you and save you. But we are in deep trouble. I am in need of help. You heard Jim. You've heard me. We are in need, I was in need of help from my Mountain Dews. He was in need of help with his drug and alcohol. We all are in need of help. I am admitting that I cannot do it on my own. That's the most important. I need Jesus to help me. I need a church family that will encourage me and love me and support me. I'm ready to make a life change. Are you ready to make a life change this morning? Are you, are you realizing where your life has been in a mess? Today, the Lord wants to save you from your mess and He wants to give you a new life. 2 Corinthians makes that so clear. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. I want to admit that I need, you know, I can't do this on my own. I'm willing to make a life change. I am surrendering my life to Christ. That's where it starts. That's where it all begins. And you heard it so clear a minute ago. I'm surrendering my life to Christ as Jim did. And when we do that, guess what? 
I am a new person. Listen, I know it's only been 81 days. I have more energy than I've ever had. Uh, I don't have to go by the store anymore. Uh, I can just go and get it out of my, you know, every, it's, it's great. It is wonderful that I can be Mountain Dew free. It is great that I'm not relying on that anymore like I used to. Hey, I know y'all are thinking it's funny, but you got an addiction in your life. That was mine. My addiction may not be yours, but my addiction was probably just as bad as yours because it was affecting my physical life. But because I have given it to the Lord and I've taken the necessary steps, church, I am a new person. And because I'm a new person, guess what? I am free. I am free. You can be free. And not only am I free, I am a child of God. That's who I am. I am a new creature. I'm a new creation. I'm free. I'm a child of God. And if you want to be that way this morning, you can. But here's what you need to do. You not only have to say this, but you do this. I am taking that first step of faith. I'm going to walk out of my chair this morning, Brother Chuck. I'm going to come down to this altar. I'm either, number one, I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus Christ for the first time because I've lived too long without Him and my life's a mess and I need Jesus today. Number two, to say, Brother Chuck, I've been here way too long. I've been isolated. The the enemy has kept me away from people to encourage me and to grow me in His love. And today I want to join River of Life because I want to get connected. I want to be plugged in. Or maybe this morning you say, really what I need is prayer. I am struggling with some areas of my life. We're going to have pastors down here that want to pray for you. Church, know that God is the great I am. And today He wants to set you free from any and everything that you have. But you've got to take the responsibility. You've got to step out on faith and you've got to trust Him with all of your heart. And when you do that, your life will change drastically. Let's pray. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.